Got a couple of very special guests back as we celebrate Black History Month. Join us again. There's Mature Alieri and Raheem Williams. To both you guys, thanks for coming back and having this powerful and fantastic conversation. Raheem, I'm going to start with you today. You and I were talking a little bit offline. And you said, hey, Chris, one of the things I want to focus on are unsung heroes. Uh, who specifically are you talking about? Uh, so uh, every Black History Month, there's a story I like to tell, and uh, that's the story of Robert Smalls. Uh, he was he was born into slavery in Beaufort, South Carolina, right outside of uh, Paris Island. And he he's uh, kind of famous because he freed himself. Uh, his uh, his his uh, his friends, his, his community members, uh, other slaves and their families. And the way he did it was he stole a Confederate ship and basically rode it freedom. And uh, that was just basically the beginning of a, of, of a very beautiful story. He would go on to be become a, a, a publisher, um, a, a columnist. He also came, he started several businesses. He was a businessman. He, he also served in the military, and he was one of the very first uh, Black Americans that was elected to Congress. He served in the U.S. House of Representatives of South Carolina 7th. Uh, represented South Carolina Seventh District, so uh, uh, he's a he's a he's a he's a Union hero. He's an American hero, and uh, most importantly, it kind of goes back to something I like to uh, to reiterate to, especially conservatives and Republicans, that Black history is intimately related to the Republican Party, as the party itself was chartered to end slavery. And um, that that shows in what you see during the Reconstruction Era South when when all of the, the very first members of Congress were essentially black, black, um, black Republicans. So uh, that's just one story. And I also wanna highlight uh, somebody I personally had a chance to share correspondence with and recently passed away in uh, December of last year, which is Walter E. Williams, uh, a personal hero of mine and economist. Um, Right now, his most famous work in his first book is called The State Against Blacks. And what he does is give basically a racial history of all the government policies that are black Americans throughout the development of this country. And uh, he's more of a libertarian mind, but uh, he, he died doing what he loved as an econ professor. He died basically right after teaching the class. He was teaching well into his 80s. He came home and then he, uh, he, he, he passed away shortly after that which is if you're an intellectual you know uh, that's probably the best way to go out right right after <laughs> right after teaching a class so, so uh, uh his book the state against blacks is almost impossible to get right now the the paperback and hard hardcover copies are like several hundred dollars on amazon right now because it's out of print wow. but uh if you can get your hand on a copy of that uh that's that that man is um an absolute legend, and uh, uh, along with the still living Thomas Sowell, who's who's also one of my heroes. So I, I like to I like to shine a light on those guys because one, they don't necessarily fit into the mold of what uh, of what's become, I guess, prototypical of black of the black intellectual elite of of, of our day, and um, they have. I, I believe there's a very concerted effort to um, ensure that that uh, how do you say this? their their works are are gone unread by the black community but uh with that being said there's also a progressive author i'd like to highlight um whose work i i do enjoy 
Um, I don't agree with everything in her book, but Michelle Alexander's The New Jim Crow is something I would also, uh, and it shines a light on the uh, disturbing history of our criminal justice system and how it's basically black Americans. And again, I don't necessarily agree with every view she takes, but I do believe the view uh, nonetheless is very much important for all Americans to hear. Um, so those are those are some those are some works and some uh, some books that I think it would be very very awesome for the audience at home to know about and to look into. Raheem, thank you for that. And the the, the first gentleman you referred to again, so his name, please, but he stole a Union ship and rode it to freedom. Stole a Confederate ship, Robert Smalls. Okay, Confederate, excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> and so wow. yes. He uh, he was a very bold man, and and it paid off, right? It was a uh, so uh, he was born into slavery, and basically uh, he 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 grew up uh, in in the uh, Charleston area. The um, he was raised yeah. in the Gullah culture, um, somewhat similar to, by the way, uh, uh, current Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, who's who's also uh, from Pine Point, Georgia, in that same area, kind of, you know, 50, 100 mile radius. Uh, and, and the Gullah culture is probably most famous because they were one of the few, um, few, few black cultures or almost the only that actually kept some of their um, African cultural attributes well past slavery. And it's kind of sad because it is dying out today, but it's, it's actually something if you if you're un, unaware of 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 that uh, history, uh, it's, it's definitely something that's that's worth uh, looking into. And and these are these are people who were brought here as slaves and they actually did hold on to their native languages and they did hang on to their native ways um, and they didn't base it. How do you say this? They weren't necessarily angleized and there are still remnants of this culture to this very day and and they they basically are out in the uh barrier islands and and the uh, lowlands of south carolina and georgia so uh it's, it's um it's absolutely fascinating stuff to see and to learn about and again i'm not i'm no history i'm no history expert or historian but it's something that i i, I like to highlight um and and basically my thing is we we should and the reason this giant american flag is behind me is because i believe this country tells a story of liberation and and that we're at our best when we uphold those values the, the values that we've struggled to uphold in our founding documents but we get closer yes. to that idealism every single day and we have so, to fight for that Reem, you and i you know we talked a little bit before we haven't talked about anything we're going to talk about today and you gave me the perfect lead because mature you know, you're not from here. And the vision of America, in my mind, I believe that America can be a more perfect union with liberty and justice for all, for everybody. So my question to you, coming from South Sudan and seeing that vision and having an idea of that vision, what can, what should America be doing to fulfill that vision of liberty and justice for all, in your opinion? I think America is in a good track, in a, in a good direction. Like compared to what other people goes through, like Robert Small, those are Martin Luther King Jr. And I think the founding fathers' document are now put into practice more than before, and we're pushing everybody to 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 make those values to practice them. You know, they were just put there; all men were born equal. 
but they were never practiced until Lincoln came in, until others came in afterward. So I think America is in a good tracks. And because and, and I said that where I came from and where I am right now, I'm comfortable. I will never trade places with America, just being from our other country and being living here comfortably. So I got to ask you, Tour. Thank you, number one, for saying that. Um, I've got a good friend of mine that's that's Latin. was born was born here, but raised in Mexico. And she says, "Chris, you know, is America perfect? No, but this is the best country on the planet. That's where everyone wants to come here. So help help us for maybe that haven't lived or in South Sudan or in a refugee camp like you have. What in your eyes makes America? What I hear you saying is the best country in the world. Like how. Uh... There are jobs readily available. Freedom is there that you can find in other countries. Like I can come in here and air what I feel like is other people needed to know. Like if the leadership is doing bad stuff is out there, you, the media will come after him. The public will come after that. That's not exercise in other countries. Once you say something like that, you get killed. The other thing too, we have jobs available. So if you are willing and able to work, then you will be able to provide for yourself in America. So uh, it's, it's only you that can limit yourself, not the government. We're going to just leave it right there. I mean, that was Raheem, it's so refreshing, at least to me, to hear Mature say that. And sometimes I wonder if, as American citizens, there should be something that helps us value our own citizenship more because if you're born here you just sort of take it for granted so i guess if you want to address that raheem but also i'd like to know your thoughts on what can we as america be doing today to fulfill the vision of a more perfect union with liberty and justice for all so uh again america is not a perfect country but there is no perfect place on this earth there is no heaven on earth but with that being said i want to um kind of echo what mature said and that is you you look at surveys you look at you 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 look at uh our immigration issues the immigration base we have here and there's one thing that's just resounding when you and i believe pew and gallup does a poll an international poll and they ask people if you could are you interested in moving immigrating leaving your country and if you could go anywhere in the world where would it be and america has been consistently number one every single year the poll was taken from some estimates if we had open border policy some estimate anywhere between 20 to 50 million people will move here in this in the first year alone so when i hear people trying to rag on it this country say it's a terrible place and stuff they are speaking from a usually a position of ignorance and also a mix of privilege right you you're 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 coming from a place where where uh all you know is america so you have this prism uh something i like to point out is uh, somewhere around thirty-eight thousand to forty-three thousand dollars a year that puts you in the top one percent of income earners on earth uh that's just middle class in america so most Americans just have zero idea of how well they live. The bottom 10% of Americans live, have a higher standard and higher quality of life than 80% of the Earth's population. So, so there is a privilege and shelter uh, associated with being raised in these borders and only in these borders. And I don't wanna be insensitive, but uh, my wife is from Bulgaria and Eastern Europe and it's kind of like a middle tier country. Um, and 
I, I went there and it was interesting. It was opposite day for me because one, I was like one of the few black people around like a whole week without seeing another black person first time ever. I was like, this is interestingly and weird. <laughs> so, so it was like, we are far more culturally diverse. And then two, uh, we're just richer than them. Like it was also another interesting thing where I'm like surrounded by a sea of white people and I'm generally substantially richer than all of them. So it's like, we don't really see things in, in like an international perspective. You don't see it in terms of slavery. If, if the way it's taught here is a focus on American history, but uh, slavery was an international phenomena and it happened every single where on every single place on this earth with very few exceptions to my knowledge. Uh, so, so, um, and we weren't the last people to have slaves by any stretch of the imagination. Um, so it's, it's, it's like this country is not perfect, but I think the issue is, and this is where I get kind of upset with the radical left, is that they look at our founding documents and they say, well, we're hypocrites. And I said, well, no, those were always ideals to build towards. And we do that. And we have done that. And, and there needs to be recognition for that. It's not is not 1865, is not 1965, it is 2021. And um, I just, the other day, I went to a gun show and it was such a beautiful experience. I, I got my, I got my, I got me some new guns. Um, not gonna go into details, but, but uh, on the way back, I'm just having a good day, right? I'm all excited about accessorizing my rifles and stuff. And I, I pulled, we're on the interstate here in North Carolina and I see this guy in a Lamborghini, right? Where and it's like a beautiful car. I pull up and I look over in the in the window and it's a young brother. I see this, I see this <laughs> black man in the, behind this Lamborghini. He smiles and chunks the do and chucks the deuce at me, and I chuck it back because we're both having a great time being black in America. So I I, I think I think there's, and I'm not going to sit here and pretend like it's all great that every, you know, that we're all riding Lamborghinis and having a blast, but it's like the fact of the matter is, is different and we've progressed and we are advancing as a nation and in some very good ways. And I believe the country deserves credit for that. And I believe right now we, this country so, needs a lot of racial healing. <laughs> and, and that's kind of what I wanted, what I'm getting at. And we'll continue these conversations, but mature for you, you know, there, there's people out there that, that don't necessarily think America's great, that we haven't done a lot to do some of the things you've suggested and, hey, Chris, you know, you, the United States is on the right track. I'm curious, what would you say to those uh, particular people? We lost you, Mature. I'll bring you in here. Okay, I'm here. Go ahead, my friend. I'm myself. So I, I'll, I'll continue to say America is in the right track at the moment. It's not perfect, but we getting there. We getting there, and, and I think we will get there. And, and and the reason I said that, looking at myself and looking at the job I'm doing now in 1960, I wouldn't be getting this kind of job here. In 1960, Obama wouldn't be a president because of who he looked like. So that's why I say America is in the right track. I'm not sure how to make it more perfectly. But I think the people around within the community, like the people within the ground that you see or interact all the time, that will make you say America is great. Like my neighbors, my friends that I have got a chance to connect and get to know them. We don't have nothing in common, but we're just human being. And we also just, you know, we Americans. If we embrace those kinds of values, that's what 
make America great. But I, I think America is in the right track to, to being perfect. It's not there, but we might not be able to see it, but the next coming generation will see it. Man, it is so great to talk to both you to hear and reaffirm that, hey, look, America's a great, great country. Not perfect, but absolutely great. So to both of you, we got to leave it there. I appreciate the time and the insight. We'll continue to uh, have this conversation in the future as well, okay? It's always a pleasure, Chris. Thank you. Thanks, you guys. All right, okay. stay with us. we got a lot more coming up here on Point of View. As always, you can share your point of view with us. Very easy to do. You can email us, text us, leave us a voicemail. We'll be right back.